Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very senior and accomplished professional from Manhattan, USA, Ruth P. Stevens. Ruth, welcome to the show. Thank you. Delighted. Thank you. Ruth is a B2B marketing consultant. She's an author and a professor. She's an author of a book titled B2B Data-Driven Marketing, Sources, Uses, Results. So Ruth, before we start talking about B2B marketing, tell me about your own journey in brief. Thank you. I, I started my career in Japan, actually, where I was living and teaching English. Wow. And I... I had the good fortune to write and publish a book for foreign visitors to mm-hmm. the beautiful city of Kanazawa, where I was living. And that generated an opportunity to become a book editor mm-hmm. in Tokyo. And I then moved to New York representing that company and went to business school at Columbia. And that led me to work at Time Warner Book of the Month Club, mm-hmm. where I had uh, the great good fortune to learn database marketing. Mm, mm. And I eventually went to Ziff Davis, a computer industry publishing company, Mm. where I learned about sales lead generation using data. Mm. And I uh, ended my corporate career at IBM. And I've been out on my own self-employed for 23 years now. Amazing. I consult and teach. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. So let's talk about B2B marketing. Um, from a career in publishing, editing, and then IBM, what got you interested in B2B marketing? And what does B2B marketing entail? Mm. Well, I loved it from the first day mm. I entered Ziff Davis because I realized that the, the, the marketing challenge in B2B is, involves a lot of complexity mm-hmm. because business buyers usually involve a lot of parties Mm -hmm. you're buying on on the part of your company on behalf of your company and only about seven percent of business buying is done by a single individual it's mostly done by a committee of some sort Mm -hmm. so that means as marketers we need to influence all the members of the committee we need to know who they are what their role is what are their interests and try to get a hold of them and and make our case Mm -hmm much more complicated, but the payoff is also awesome and big. And uh, the not only are the order sizes larger, but the mm. relationships tend to last oh, yeah. for a long time because a, a company that's buying from another company needs to have a reliable supplier. Mm. I mean, what would, what would happen if your own manufacturing um, factory had to close down because mm your supplier hadn't delivered the parts on time. Correct. Correct. Great response. Thank you. And how has the landscape of B2B marketing evolved in recent years? And what are some of the trends shaping this industry? It has changed so much just in the last five or 10 Mm -hmm. years with the maturing of digital channels and also the arrival in that buying committee that I mentioned Mm -hmm. of younger members for whom digital communications is natively Mm -hmm. uh, comfortable 
And they, even though they move into a company buying role, they still have the expectations that a consumer has for mm. experience. And that means B2B sellers have to be active on social media. Mm. I mean, I remember 10 or 15 years ago, I wouldn't have recommended any business to be on Facebook, right. but it's absolutely essential today. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and the other interesting trend is the, as the, the role of marketing has risen, mm -hmm. the role of the salesperson has, it's, this is arguable, but mm -hmm. some, some believe that it it's in decline mm -hmm. because buyers are more comfortable transacting through digital channels mm -hmm. covid of uh, the covid pandemic of course encouraged right. that more or accelerated that and the the need to talk to a salesperson has diminished somewhat mm -hmm. well said well said and what role does branding play in b2b marketing and how can B2B businesses build a strong brand identity. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, of course, branding is essential because yeah. what business is going to do business with someone they've never heard of and don't trust? Mm -hmm. So awareness and uh, trust are the key uh, deliverables of mm -hmm. a brand strategy. How brands are built is again complicated in B2B, but it boils down, I think, simply to first being trustworthy in mm -hmm. the first place. So right, right. you have to be able to deliver on time and on mm -hmm. budget mm -hmm. um, and be a reliable partner. But then you also have to communicate that. So right. fortunately, digital communications channels have given us ample opportunity to tell mm. our stories, case studies, testimonials, um, customer advocacy is a, a big opportunity in B2B. And there are interesting new technologies that enable some of these methods mm. that are coming available too. Mm. Well said. My next question, Ruth, is how important is it for B2B businesses to define their target audience and create buyer personas? And what benefits would this bring? Yes, yeah, segmentation is a, a stable and longstanding angle in finding efficiency in marketing mm. for two reasons. One is we want to be sure we're talking to prospects who have actually a prayer of ever buying from us. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, right. so um, we, we segment in order to identify the most li likely prospects. And then the other angle, of course, is that we want to segment so that we can improve the effectiveness of our conversations mm -hmm. and our, our messaging to those audiences. And so we often segment by company size, by industry, and other factors depending on the category mm -hmm. so that so that our messaging can be as relevant and and uh, to the point as mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. Well said. And you spoke about strategies. Uh, what strategies, and if you can give me an example, that would be great. What strategies can be used to effectively segment a B2B target audience? Well, fortunately, much of B2B 
marketing involves data. Mm -hmm. Meaning we have access to data. Mm -hmm. um, there are certain categories where there may be a third party reseller in, between us and the end customer. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, that reseller becomes a, a virtual customer of ours mm -hmm. as well. So we have direct relationships with our, our market, which allows mm -hmm. us the data that then allows us to segment effectively. Mm -hmm. With uh, without data, we're kind of flying blind. We're uh, based on assumptions, maybe on third-party research. Mm. But in B two B, we're very likely to have a direct relationship. Mm. Mm. Well said. Uh, then the other question that I wanted to ask you was that lead generation is a key goal for a B two B marketer. Mm. What strategies can businesses use? to attract and convert quality leads? Oh, there are so many, <laughs> I, but I, I will, oh, let me just mention uh, that my the second book I wrote was mm -hmm. about sales okay. lead generation. There we are. Um, because <laughs> naturally, it, as, you've, as, as you've identified, it is really, traditionally it's job one of a mm. marketing department Correct. to generate a steady stream of qualified leads mm. to increase the the productivity of your your sales force mm. and the strategies today are again mostly digital mm. but uh, the, there are two that i i would point to that are are so effective and so such basic uh, building blocks of a lead generation program mm. that they were they're, they're worthy of of mention. Mm -hmm. uh, one is so called content marketing, mm. meaning we deliver informative educational content material. It could be blogs, it could mm. be white papers, research reports, testimonials, case studies usually on our website or elsewhere. And then we, in exchange for downloading that valuable material, mm -hmm. we ask the, the visitor to provide their contact information. Mm -hmm. And that becomes not a lead yet, but an inquiry that can then be qualified and nurtured and turned into a, a sales lead. So mm -hmm. content marketing is one. And the other is, events, which are still trade shows, um, seminars, webinars, podcasts mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. yours, mm -hmm. uh, are, are a tried and true way to generate sales leads. And thanks to the, the pandemics coming to a slow close, mm -hmm. we are able to have uh, a resurgence of face-to-face -face events. Mm -hmm. uh, People find them so welcome, a way to chat and exchange ideas with your colleagues and keep an eye on your competitors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, events have have proven since really time immemorial mm -hmm. uh, as a, an effective way to mm -hmm. generate sales leads. Mm -hmm. Well said. But the other aspect of B2B is mm -hmm. generally longer sales cycles. Indeed. So my question is, how can businesses effectively nurture their leads through the sales funnel, especially when there's a long uh, sales cycle? 
Right. Some in some industries, the sales cycle can be five or ten years. Correct. In, in many industrial categories, it can and tech categories, it can be twelve to eighteen months. Mm-hmm. So you're you're right. And today, a, a modern marketer will use marketing technology to set up a series of outbound communications, mm-hmm. often through email, but I would hope through other channels as well, because mm-hmm. email is so easy to delete and yep. we're all inundated with it, um, to stay in touch with the prospect, to continue to gather information about the the needs and um, budgets and um, potential buying right. behavior of, of prospects in support of presumably some sales resource that is responsible for that account, mm. usually uh, someone telephone-based, likely. Right. And with those tools, we can stay in touch pretty efficiently as long as we set it up in a in a, a deliberate way mm. and that, that the messaging delivers value Mm. we can't be hammering them with our sales pitch we need to be providing them with uh, information that helps them do their jobs better solves problems and and proves that we can be a a trusted and and valuable partner well said well said Uh, we spoke you know very briefly about facebook when you said that uh, you know, you're now advising people to be on Facebook, but in the digital age, how crucial is it for B2B companies to have a strong online presence? It's it's beyond crucial. It's mm-hmm. essential. Uh, I I used to say, if you don't have a website, you don't have a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. But, but buyer behavior has changed so dramatically mm-hmm. in even in the last couple of years that mm. our our presence needs to be more thoughtful mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. Uh, we we have to keep updating and weeding mm. our websites for example right. we have to be where our customers are so if that's social channels we need to be there and be active mm-hmm. we also need to use digital communications as a way to uh, roam the world mm-hmm. and, and and be available uh, all the time and mm. um, and think think carefully about how how we can use digital communications to mm. be helpful to our customers and prospects well said uh, the other part Ruth is that a lot of B2B uh, companies now operate on a global scale. Mm. Um, and global sale obviously means longer lead times, all kinds of supply chain issues, etc. So it what does. challenges and strategies are unique to marketing across different regions and cultures? It's not easy. This I was first exposed to this when I worked at IBM, a mm-hmm. classic example of a yep. global company. And the challenges remain. And mm-hmm. a, much of it is organizational and sort of political, I might say, where the headquarters of the the company that, for one thing, own the marketing budgets, mm-hmm. 
Um, but also own responsibility for the brand and the, the messaging and how we want to go to market. Mm. Um, uh, and that's on the one hand, but then the sales are actually likely to be done in the so-called geographies or mm -hmm. the, the nether regions on the ground, so to speak. Mm. And uh, headquarters has limited influence there. Mm -hmm. So there's always a, a, a push and pull tug of war between headquarters and, and the regions where business is actually mm. done. So we have to use our, our best possible persuasive and organizational methods to keep everybody on the same page. Right, I agree. And, you know, these are challenging times for supply chains as well. So things yeah. are beginning to sort out. But my next question for you is that uh, based on all the work that you have done, could you share examples of an unconventional or an innovative B2B marketing strategy that may have yielded some impressive results? Sure, there there are innovations going on in B2B all the time. I, mm. I was so impressed uh, a few years ago, just just a couple of years ago, by a marketing agency called Union Resolute, mm -hmm. which is up in New Hampshire or somewhere, mm -hmm. that included on its website uh, a form that gathered data from mm -hmm. visitors mm -hmm. to to qualify them, mm -hmm. and in 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 fact. They they learned very quickly that if uh, if they were careful in responding to prospects who were more likely to buy, mm -hmm. they could vastly increase their conversion rates mm -hmm. and uh, reduce their their marketing expense. Right. So it seems so obvious, but I I still don't see many service providers mm -hmm. doing such a, a logical thing. Right. I can also point out some much larger examples. Um, look at salesforce.com, mm -hmm. yeah. the, the largest provider of customer relationship management mm -hmm. software in the world. Correct. And also the organizer of one of the largest professional and trade shows mm -hmm. in the world, namely okay. Dream, mm -hmm. Dreamforce. Mm -hmm. They they have created this proprietary conference that has become a tech industry standard. Wow! And not only has built their brand, but also established their uh, you know th their dominance in in the category. Mm. Really interesting um, strategy they've come up with. I also would point to um, to to Caterpillar. Which you know, an old-fashioned um, construction equipment mm -hmm. manufacturer, who've used augmented reality and virtual reality to create um, opportunities for farmers and mm -hmm. other other buyers, uh, other buyers to uh, experience what it's like to drive a mm -hmm. caterpillar tractor using VR and and um, AR. And what a great idea, because Absolutely. again, as you pointed out, yeah. it's a global industry and Correct. digital communications have a global reach. Correct. 
And I think the key point that you are making is that for any B2B company, it is critical to have a global marketplace that they need to look at because only then will they truly be able to take benefit of you know, all their work that they're doing. Ruth, I have time for two more questions for you. Um, are there any emerging technologies or trends that you believe will have a significant impact on the future of B2B? Yes, I will add to the chorus, uh, extolling the value of artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. Now, as a longtime database marketer, I've used artificial uh, models, artificial intelligence, you might call it, model, models to predict mm -hmm. um, buyer behavior. Yeah. So it's not a, a new concept, but the, the speed and breadth and also the, the large language models that are now available yep. have mm -hmm. allowed us to, uh, to gain access to a resource that was really inconceivable, I would say even mm -hmm. 10 years ago to the mm -hmm. ordinary marketer. So um, we're, we're there. Now on the on the trend side though, um, as, as B2B buying behavior changes, more mm -hmm. of it moves online and less of it uh, involves a salesperson. Mm -hmm. But I would say one of the really interesting trends is is the the rise in the stature of the marketing function mm -hmm. in B. Mm -hmm. When I entered this industry, you might say, um, in in the late nineties, um, marketing was in service to sales, mm -hmm. unlike consumer marketing where the PL is owned by the brand manager or the marketer. Mm. Uh, in B2B, the PL is owned by the salesperson and marketing was sort of the handmaiden to sales. Mm. Uh, and, but the tables are turning in that thanks to the changes in buying behavior mm. and the, the rise of, of digital communications where mm. marketing is in the driver's seat now mm. and uh, a, a much better partner to sales. And that I think is, is an exciting mm. prospect for anyone who wants to enter the field mm. of B2B marketing. Wonderful. And my last question, Ruth, and this is for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. A lot of them are also small and medium enterprises. What advice would you give to small B2B businesses with limited resources, looking to enhance their own marketing efforts? Yeah, I, I would say, first of all, keep in mind mm -hmm. that marketing in B2B is all about quality versus quantity. Mm -hmm. So uh, an example is a sales lead. There's no benefit to a salesperson yeah. in being given an unqualified lead. Mm -hmm. you know? They're wasting, wasting their time. And the second um, piece of advice is clean up and and um, expand your data, mm. your customer data and prospect data. There's so many resources available today to do that. Yeah. But often business owners get caught up in thinking about messaging and, and media channels. Mm. And they forget that if you're not talking to the right person, you're just wasting. Correct your time. Hmm. And the third 
thing, you, you may not have expected this, but the third thing I would would suggest to small business owners is that they consider their own personal brands as mm. business people. I actually teach a personal branding um, segment in every course I teach mm -hmm. in business schools here and abroad, mm -hmm. because I know that establishing oneself as expert in one's field and being able to communicate that mm -hmm. has enormous business value. So, uh, and there are so many tools to make it possible, and even easy today, mm -hmm. that it, it's an opportunity that shouldn't be wasted. Amazing, amazing. And on that note, Ruth and your three amazing lessons or pointers, marketing for B2B is about quality, not quantity. Second, you said, which I've always said is so critical, clean up your data. And the third one, you said it's so critical to establish one's personal brand. And I, I understand from a lot of reading, etc., that someone of the stature of an Elon Musk uh, doesn't believe in advertising dollars for Tesla because his own brand is so powerful. Oh, I think that's the message that you're giving, that uh, build your personal brand. Thank you so much for speaking to me about your own journey. Thank you for speaking to me about so many different aspects of B2B marketing. I learned Thanks. several new things from you. Thank you again and good luck. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You videocast and podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website, www.tbcy.in, to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.